When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We have a lot of business to get to today, some big things, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's all hoops. And wow, so many great games and big time upsets in the top 25, in the top five, really, really great basketball being played right now as we're fighting through February. It's, uh, it's, it's that time of year, you know, it's getting serious. Everyone's getting serious. If you, you know, if you're casually dating someone before Valentine's day, we hope you had a happy one, but guess what? Now might be time to start thinking about seriousness. How serious are you about the rest of the season? Well, and I guess you know the rest of your relationship, if we're talking about Valentine's day, Um, but I think teams, teams had a, a, a check uh, on what I what I call last week, false spring Sunday, which was okay. crazy. And we had, we had a number of upsets on that day. We had a number of upsets mm-hmm. throughout the week. And this week we get into it. We had a lovely Tuesday night of big 10 basketball. Mm-hmm. And we learned who's making the women's basketball hall of fame. I mean, I do have one quick question as to why we put this night on Valentine's day. Yeah. But, Regardless, my wife, my wife and I are doing something tonight in lieu. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I took my mom to lunch today, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, the 14th was just a jam packed day. So it was too much. It was too much. Yeah. And I, I think the uh, we have to start off, though, with that Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, because our friend, friend of the podcast, her hoop stats contributor and one of the best women's basketball announcers ever now cemented in that status, Debbie Antonelli makes yes. it to the hall golf clap golf clap for my girl debbie antonelli we are both moms of three we that's a club you know kim barnes rico's in that you know we have like people around the country but debbie antonelli congratulations my friend oh my gosh i owe you a call 
I always love speaking to her, lifts my spirits. And uh, she is just a genuine woman of her word, number one, but a genuine woman in this game. And that's men's and women's basketball. When I say game, I mean the game of basketball, yeah. period. Like she is just such a savant. She is an encyclopedia of information on men's and women's basketball. Like she just knows it and studies it. And her best advice to me was no downtime. Mm -hmm. And I've taken that to heart. And this was like years ago. And I was like, gosh, you know, sometimes you're doing five, seven games a week. Like, how do you do that? She looked at me and she goes, no downtime. And I was like, <laughs> all right, okay. That's what it takes. Cause it's like, it's basketball. We love it. So it's like, do whatever you can to stay around it. And she not has, she has not just stayed around it, but she has just embraced it and taken it to different levels and new heights. And you just have to respect it and appreciate it. I, as someone who has produced a, a YouTube show from Debbie Antonelli's car, I can tell you, she has no downtime. She goes all over the country and she's just yeah. recording herself with the car, recording podcasts. She's incredible. And I didn't know this. She's been doing this for 34 years. I mean, I knew she was doing this for a, a long time, yeah. but when you see it laid yeah. out, 34 years, two Emmys, like very happy that she gets this honor, very well-deserved and well-deserved for so many for so many people on this list. Yeah. You have recognizable names, Becky Hammond, Penny Taylor, just a, a great class and really happy for everyone. So uh, yeah, we'll give, we'll give a, a nice little golf clap on the podcast Yay. before we give a full round of applause. <laughs> round. Um, I don't know. I think the, I'm trying to see when the induction ceremony is. It's on oh, June yeah, it's 11th. June. Yeah, I was going to say it's usually June. And, and congrats to Paul Sanderford. He yeah. was a head coach at Western Kentucky back in the day. And me, without any guidance, had 100 uh, home visits and he was one of them <laughs> but I was not going that far away um but we did give him some good restaurants in the uh, northern Virginia area um after the home visit so that was good but anyway um congrats <laughs> to him as well <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm excited to learn more about the stories of everyone um you know mm -hmm. I, I've I'm someone who is uh is really big on basketball history but I came at it from mm -hmm. a men's angle for from when I was younger so now it's time for me sure. to start you know getting my women's basketball history yeah. up to par so we i'm gonna start doing some research maybe we'll do something on this class when it gets closer we just want to say shout out to uh, debbie our friend friend of the pod um on to less uh, fun news uh about another basketball hall of famer uh tamika catchings is out as indiana fever general manager um it hasn't been a great stretch of of general managing for Tamika Catchings. Obviously she's one of yeah. the greatest basketball players I've ever seen in this right. game. Um, but that didn't necessarily translate to the front office and they decided to go their separate ways. Um, I believe uh, Tamika is still going to be, you know, a, she's going to be a part of that organization regardless if she has an official position or not, but sure. uh, I think they moved on and um, you know, we'll see what happens with the fever going forward, but uh, it is, it was just, you know, I saw people saying, oh, you know, it's it's going to be good for the team. And yeah, it's, it's good. But I don't know. It, it made me really sad to, to see it go down like that. I mean, she has just brought so much passion mm -hmm. to to the game, not just with Indiana, but also before that in Tennessee, you know, playing through injuries and, mm -hmm. and being injured and having to sit out with injuries and then coming back and, and showing how much she missed the game. I, I was just I was surprised. And I know they record wise, they haven't done quite what they have expected themselves to do mm -hmm. however she did say that this is a good time in her life to focus on her family 
and other passions that she may have. And, and that, that to me struck me as, uh, as a powerful statement because it's not the only thing that Tamika Catchings does, right? I mean, she has her foundation, she owns uh, companies and she has restaurants in the Indiana area. I mean, she's doing so many other things and she has other passions. And I think that's very important for, for everyone, but most importantly for women mm-hmm. to know that you don't have to be locked in a box and this is the only passion that you have. Mm-hmm. You can be passionate about several different things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you want to do or you set goals for yourself to do. So yes, it's, it's a sad moment because you think of the fever, mm-hmm. you think of catchings immediately. And she even said like the past two decades, I've just been involved in this family and I'll always be with the fever, like you said. But I think, you know, for for the business decision to be made, I thought that was pretty tough to hear and and pretty surprising at, at this juncture. But I also, again, appreciated the fact that this isn't the end of the road for her in the game of women's basketball or in the game of basketball. And she has several other passions. And I, I just want the younger um younger women to hear that like you don't have to be locked into one thing and just do that do everything that you're passionate about every single thing and do it full throttle and and that's what to me catching does and and she's a good example of of not being locked into mm-hmm. you know this being it for her like this is my only thing no it's not you have other things that you can focus on yeah, no, I co-signed that. And, you know, I just also, I like want to point out like people are like, oh, she wasn't a good GM. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I don't understand how we can like evaluate that. Cause I don't know, for me, I'm right. always looking at this from an organizational perspective. Like if you, if you bring in the best player in your franchise history to be the GM and, and then it doesn't work out, that's on you as an organization, as much as it is mm-hmm. on the GM, right? Like you didn't put her in the right positions to, to, to succeed, right? Like you need to complement what she does well. So Tamika Catchings has incredible basketball knowledge. Perhaps she, you know, could have used someone to help her more understanding how, how to fit people in on their salary cap, how to build the team for the future, understanding the timetable of a team. And so to me, it all comes back to, are you putting people in the right positions in the right roles and, and getting the right people around them? It's just like exactly. playing basketball, you know, like, you're right. not, you can be the best point guard in the world. If you don't have a shooter around you or a big to score, you're not going to be doing much. And the same with the GM. If you're, if you're put in a position as a GM where the only thing you, you're, it's all on you or you don't have someone to help you or push you in the right directions or you have ownership mm-hmm. telling you different things, it's not going to work out. So that's all I want to like, I just want to point out like, yeah, may, maybe Tamika didn't do the greatest job as a GM, but that's also on the organization as much as it is on her. And I think the organization feels that way too. I think they feel like, you know, hey, we we kind of failed her as much as as we think, you know, we had to make this change. But uh, we'll see what happens with the fever. Uh, Lynn Dunn is in charge, which is which is fun. Um, I love Lynn Dunn. Turn GM. Uh, yeah. and she's she's still she's been with the fever this entire time, right? She has. She has. And, you know, I've been to some coaching clinics where she's speaking and, uh, you know, she was just, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, so dynamic and full of information and play calls and situational X's and O's on the board. I still have notes from what yeah. she said and and how she instructed the coaches that were in that uh, clinic. She's just amazing. I mean, for her to win that championship, what was it 2012 with Tamika? Yeah. Um, 
you know, just speaks volumes. And then you're talking about, you know, her ABL in Portland and also at Purdue prior mm -hmm. to that. So, I mean, and there are other things, but I mean, she has just been one of those pioneers that we don't really talk about enough and, and all of the things that, that she has been able to do to impact the game. Mm -hmm. No, and I hope, hope she, you know, shepherds this interim process, but I do hope uh, the fever bring in, you know, someone who's has a longer leash to rebuild and, and mm -hmm. understands how to do that. Um, Cause it's a difficult process to rebuild the franchise and they, and they really need to, you know, say, Hey, where are we going with this group? Is this group going to get us to a championship? How can we right. change that fortune if we don't think it's favorable to us? Okay. I do right. want to get into some more WNBA news. We're going to do news first. And then I want to get into a, uh, a long discussion about the big 10 because it was wild. Uh, but Brianna Stewart in her um, press conference in announcing her return to the Seattle storm for one year, um, she said this about one of the reasons why she signed the one-year contract. Actually, mm -hmm. she put the entire reason she signed the one-year contract on the statement. I just want to like push back on that in just a second. But here's, the, here's what she said. So right. prioritization is like the biggest topic of conversation in the WNBA for me, especially in the next couple of years. To be able to play overseas at Ekaterinburg, where basketball is, va is very valued, we're treated really well and able to make a lot of money. It's just hard for me with the prioritization. You're cutting off one of my sources of income and not substituting it. She's talking about the prioritization rule in the WNBA CBA that will start right. will start being implemented next season with fines and the following year. It's basically going to be like, if you're not here at training camp, you can't play in the WNBA. Uh, right. I think what she's saying is why are you taking away <laughs> An, a source of income for me while also not paying me as much as that league is because she wants to play both leagues and I mm -hmm. totally stand by it. But um, yeah, it's just, it, it's interesting that this is coming out on the heels of Courtney Vandersloot similarly talking about this. Um, and me, I've been talking about this for a while and I've heard people around the league are talking about it a little bit more. So I think there's going to have to be some give and take here between the league and the player association, because if this is a big deal for Brianna Stewart, it's a big deal for a lot of players. So I think they're going to have to change up uh, a, a little bit of what they're doing with that rule. And I, I hope they they could come to some sort of a, an agreement to start at least thinking about the solutions to the problem, because I do think what she's saying is true, um, yeah. that if it affects the bottom line of these players and it doesn't positively affect, like I don't see the the positive benefit that's for the WNBA at this point, because mm -hmm. they have not put in the work to work with those European leagues to make the schedules more in line. So we'll see what happens, but I just wanted to get that out there that, uh, Oh, and the other thing is too, like, I haven't heard a really good rationale as to why that would be the only reason she signed the one-year contract in Seattle. So I think mm -hmm. my reasoning that she signed a one-year contract in Seattle, so she could actually look at different locations next year is still mm -hmm. true. Just, just Maybe. put that out there. But Maybe. it's just like what was, she was shopping. I think she's going to be shopping. I think that's really the, yeah. the bigger impetus behind the one year deal. Mm -hmm. But this prioritization rule is definitely uh, a concern for the WNBA. And, and I think if it's a concern for Stewart, um, you know, I think the WNBA is going to have to come up with so, a solution at some point because you don't. Why are we going to not have Brandon Stewart in our league for even a second? Um, if this is a, if this is a problem for her, but we'll see how much of a problem it is too, because there's a lot of different variables that we won't get into right now, but I just want to get your, your reaction to her comments. 
Well, I think, like you said, there's a lot of truth to it. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of thought that these professional players put into the decisions that they make. So we can't minimize that. And that's the reality. Mm -hmm. And I think we have been talking about that. I don't want to say it's a conflict. I guess it is, though. It's It's a a conflict. conflict. The conflict of playing overseas and also in the WNBA. And we've seen it, like players coming late to training camp or coming, you know, right before the first game and they need a break with their body, but the team also needs them. So there, there are a lot of conundrums because of the timing. And I think, like you said, it can be structured in such a way that it benefits the players Mm -hmm. where they don't have to have one day in between their European season and the WNBA training camps or the WNBA preseason games. I, I just think that there's a way to be more fair to them in that way. I'm not going to say, I'm not <laughs> going to give a, a list of things. This needs to be done, but there has to be a way. I mean, they understand each other. And I think they know that they actually need each other. Of course. I think they need each other. I mean, the way that the game is going and, you know, the style of play and, and all of that, I think, has really been fostered by having the experience of those players bring that back to the WNBA. And a lot of them are teammates over there. And so they continue to have that good chemistry together. So, I mean, there are are a lot of bonuses for having the WNBA players have that European experience over there. But I mean, professionally speaking and physically and mentally speaking for the players as well and, and financially, speaking yeah. i i think that you know there's got to be a way where they can make it work for both sides yeah. and both sides not have a problem with it you know what i mean like they sure. can't say well this would work but that's going to cut into something that we want to do like i think there's a way to do it where everybody's able to shake hands and and be happy with the deal no and, not- and that when the deal is the calendar like that's the deal right yeah. now no i think it's um look they just have to pay more money WNBA. If you want this problem to go, my, you know, it, it won't go. Well, if you pay people more money, it will. There's an, always a price. Everyone has a price to drop. Any, as, price. as a lawyer, I can tell you, <laughs> everyone has a price to drop their largest principles. It does not. Principles are great. Money is better, especially in this scenario. So if you want people to stay and, and not go overseas, pay them more, make it worth their while to not do it. And they won't do it. And that's what Russia's trying to do now. That's that being said, uh, this probably does only affect a certain number of players at the top. True. True. But like you need the players at the top to sell the league, just like the players at the top need the WNBA to grow their American revenue base. So there's a, there's a beneficial way to handle this. Right. Uh, I'm sure they could come to it if they actually just come to the table. The problem is getting people to the table because this is a collectively bargained agreement. I don't think it's quite as tough to change as some people think because, you know, I, I haven't looked at all the rules for amendments, but they ain't that hard to te- change a couple lines of text and then a, a contract. So mm-hmm. I think there could be a thing to, uh, if they can actually get to the table and both sides realize that this is mutually beneficial to come to the table and either slightly mm-hmm. change the rule, abandon the rule, push it back, you know, putting some more parameters to it. I think that's best. If they just decide, yeah. hey, you just you signed this agreement, therefore you have to go with it. I think that's just not. I don't think that's mutually beneficial. So we'll we'll see. I mean, 
I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with that. These are just my random thoughts as a, as a person, uh, as a person trying to, to find good basketball uh, on on the American (laughs) side, because I don't want to wake up that early. Um, (laughs) Let's move over to the person who kind of kicked off the whole prioritization thing, Courtney Vandersloot Mm -hmm. coming back to Chicago. Right. Another one year deal. Mm. Interesting. Another person who would probably point to the uh, prioritization rule as one of the reasons they took a one-year deal. Um, there's also a theory going on on Twitter that she wants to check out Seattle once Sue Bird retires next year. So many, many a thing could be happening with Courtney Vandersloot. Glad to see her back in Chicago, though. Yeah, definitely glad to see her back. But I mean, would that be a package deal with Quigley if they go to Seattle? I mean, well, it's not, they won't go Quigley's- this year. Oh, I know, I know, but I'm saying, like, what's Quigley's contract like? So she's, I mean, oh, she she has she's a free agent right now at the moment. So I mean, I'm assuming, okay, assuming because Courtney Vandersloot's coming back, um, you know, that her wife would come back too. I mean, I you know, that's just like I know it's a crazy theory, but I'm guessing her wife, yeah, her wife is also (laughs) going to come back to Chicago. I'm guessing we haven't heard we haven't heard that yet. Uh, But Michelle Vopel's reporting that Courtney's going to come back, so one would assume that. Uh, Allie Quigley coming back. I believe Christina Williams uh, tweeted that those those uh, progressing in the right direction. So yeah, okay. so the, those two will probably come back. But then you know, I'm I'm guessing they're a package deal for the rest of your life. That's how marriage works, folks. Yeah, talking about Valentine's deal. Deal. Like happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> hey, listen, absolutely. But that's why I was thinking when you said that she may sniff out Seattle. So I'm like, okay. So I mean, they would both have to fit there. Yeah, Allie, so it's not just her. Like it's if it's a package deal. If Quigley's a free agent this year, she's going to yeah. sign for one year in Chicago, and then they both investigate other teams. Like it has to be. It's not just Courtney. Is what I'm saying. No, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, right. Ali has Ali has talked more openly about retiring. Um, I think she's mm-hmm. considering it this summer. I don't think that's going to happen based on uh, mm-hmm. you know Christina Williams tweets and you know various things we've heard on Twitter. Um, she's 35 though, so mm-hmm. I mean, totally you know, within the realm of, of retiring and moving on to the next phase, but she may also want to do, I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing here uh, in terms of the Seattle <laughs> thing next year. I am super duper excited though to have these two back in Chicago where they won the title, yes. where they've been for so long and how much, and with how much they mean to the community. I, I think it's a great thing, even for one more year. I think, you know, I like to see a team take a victory lap. Yeah, absolutely. And then not only a victory lap, but now they also have Emma Meesom in there. And so yeah mm, she looked good did she look good yeah, in, she the, in so the FIBA good. world cup tournament i mean oh man it was, was very very good she looked very good and oh shout out to emma because emma inboxed me because they were working out at georgetown and oh, yeah. yeah and the georgetown women because brie my daughter plays at georgetown number 15 go on five yeah. um but she was i guess at the game on wednesday oh, really and and took a picture of the gym. She was like, I was looking for you. And I was at the game, but I just, I guess she didn't come in. She was mm-hmm. outside the door. And I was like, darn it, you should have come in. But that's my girl still. I mean, even though she shifted teams, uh, that's my M's from when she was a 19 year old rookie. So we'll never it, forget. It's just laundry folks at the end of the day. I mean, I, you know, sure there's some hurt oh feelings. There's some hurt feelings on both sides about whatever, you know, about leaving and all that, but End of the day, everyone's everyone's still uh, cordial and nice. Oh, yeah. and, that's my girl, man. Yeah, know. but I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, no, I thought I, I was, was 
I was happy to see her back. It would, it was, uh, it was tough to watch her play against the team that I was rooting for, which is the United States of America, which is the team right. I root for in international play. I don't <laughs> think that's unfair. Uh, so it, it was tough though to watch her, uh, you know, play on the team that I was rooting against, which right. you know, I think, uh, I think what is we're, it it's gonna, it, people in DC are gonna have to get used to it. Although there's a lot of Belgian fans. I don't know if you caught any of that game. There's a lot of Belgian fans at that game. I, I remember when when Emma was here in DC, there were there were um, a couple of restaurants in the yes. DC area yes. in the city that were you know the Belgium foods, and I think probably all of them were there. <laughs> like it was like that was good, but no, she uh, she has that magnetism also, you know. So I'm sure there were a lot of people rooting for the USA, but also cheering for her individually because of her connections to DC. And she, they got a, she got a big cheer. Um, so I was really happy yeah. to see her. Uh, all right. I think that's all the WNBA news we have for now. Um, we're for now, but there's going to be more. Yeah. We're still waiting on the official Liz deal. That has not happened yet. And I'm not happened yet. Oh, wait, the mystic sign there. Oh yes. We talked yeah, about this. We see that that's, that's final. Yes. That's that, that is I official. Guess, right? Ruri Machida. Yeah. Coming to yeah. the Mystics on a training camp contract, oh, oh. so she has a chance okay. to make the team. This is uh, this is about um, you know her trying to expand her game a little bit, so it's not necessarily about her getting a big contract and getting a guaranteed spot. Mm-hmm. That being said, as uh, you know, we watched it in the Olympics. We sure did. She is five foot four. Okay. But she don't play like she is five foot four. She sure. <laughs> she she's she, a killer. She's a killer. She's a killer. I mean. You know, the team's losing like Lonnie Mitchell this year. I think she mm-hmm. can slot right into that position and, and be a really solid backup point guard if she makes – hopefully, I think she'll make the roster. Um, I think she can slot into that backup point guard position if she can get used to the speed of WNBA. She did it against France. France is a really, really good, you know, caliber yeah. – WNBA caliber team in the international scene. Um, right. So, I, I don't I, – I see – I think she has a chance of adjusting and being able to fill in that role for the Mystics. No doubt. I mean, she holds the Olympic record with 18 assists. So, okay. I want to see all of that magic because I'd love a good pass just almost as much as I love a good block almost, but I'd love a good pass. And the way that she just conducted herself in the Olympics in terms of making plays and initiating offense and pushing tempo. I don't think the speed of, of the WNBA is going to be a challenge for her. I think she's going to, like you said, slide right into that role. And she's going to be, I mean, all the players that she's going to have to pass to, mm-hmm. what? She's going to probably break that 18 assists, <laughs> you know, marker yeah. early in the season. Because number one, the Mystics love to push tempo. Number two, got shot makers on the court. <laughs> yeah. And number three, you know, they're smart. I mean, their system is smart. And yep. the way that they structure they're spacing. They force you into, are you going to guard Atkins in the corner or Deladon on the block? They're on the same side. So yeah. good luck. Where are you going to bring the double if you're going to double? And they just make you choose and pick your poison. So I think when you have someone who can distribute the way that she does, the, if she has that wisdom and she understands the game so well, I think that is going to be fun to watch as well. I think that's going to be really fun to see how Mike Tebow and his staff utilizes her skill set with the players that are in place. And, and that to me is exciting so, to say the least. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. 
I'm ready. For and we that. got we got two Ruiz in the same city, baby. Rui Hachimura, Rui Machida, <laughs> yeah. repping repping Jap- the Japanese contingent in um, in DC. It'll be really fun. Yeah. I hope I hope she I, she's gonna get a solid chance to make the team. Like I said, I'm not, I don't yes. know if she would make this long trip over here without the idea that she can make this team. And I don't think uh, the Mystics would do sure. this without thinking that she's gonna make this team. Although I do. I do want to just like it. I think there is going to take some time to get adjusted because it is like this is the best league in the world, right? Like, they, I think right. it's going to be a little bit um, of a learning curve for her, but no reason why she can't do it. No reason why she can't do it. She's in her prime. She's mm-hmm. played against the best in the world. I think she, uh, it'll be really, really fun to see her on this team. And I hope she, she gets a good chance to do it. All right. Now, though, now let's move to college. And hey, hey. You know, I know everyone's going to uh, get mad about this, but we got to start with UConn <laughs> because they lost their first regular season conference game since yeah. 2013, an 145 game win streak in um, has gone is dead now. Uh, oh, is it 169 games? Oh, counting. Con- yeah. Counting conference, conference. tournaments. Yeah. Yes. Counting conference tournament games, 169 games. Uh, yeah, I think the Big East is uh, is not the American Athletic Conference, and they lost a good Villanova team that was ready to play them. And you know they had a couple close ones that you you called that game against Marquette. Um, yeah. So UConn, you know, I think they started you know ascending a little bit, and then we got super duper excited about them, and I said some really nice things about them, and then they immediately lose, and then they immediately no. struggled against some other teams. And AZ yeah. Flood still looks great, but uh, Olivia Nelson and Dota, you know, her health has been a little up and down, and, and the team's yeah. really missed her. But you know, you saw a game against Marquette. What were your impressions of uh, UConn at the moment? Well, um, prior to the game, we had a chance to speak with Gino mm-hmm. Ariema, and you know, he was he was saying, hey we just have to be smart with who we have. No one's going to feel sorry for us. Everybody has their own story about injuries and illnesses um, this year, if if not more so than last year. Right. And um, you know, he said, AZ is really not hundred percent. Like she's Mm -hmm. still working her way back. She's only played at that point prior to the Marquette game. She'd only played three games. This is her working her way back into shape. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, but she looks darn good to me. Uh, you know, she missed 11 games with that foot injury. And, you know, as a freshman coming in, you know, you were playing non-conference games at that juncture, you know, when she got hurt mm-hmm. and then to come in middle of the conference season and put up the numbers she's putting. And then the Tennessee game where she had a career high 25 and then smashed that against Villanova and had mm-hmm. 29 and then had 24 against Marquette, a tough defensive team. And they were depending upon her. And I thought in that third quarter, they just put the jets on in terms of their defense. They were getting some fast break opportunities and they got the ball to AZ. I think Mm -hmm. she had six of her 24 in the first half. But what I saw was a really hungry Marquette team. Oh my God, Megan Duffy's shooting practice game. First of all, I got a nice inbounds playoff of it for our South Lakes team. Um, But just... (laughs) She was so fantastic as a coach. Like, you know, when you're sitting in the gym and, and you're around coaches that have a, a tremendous amount of energy, right. like I thrive in, in that space. Like, I love that. Like, I would love to play for a coach like that. And, you know, UConn didn't have a shoot around. So I, I'm not like shading UConn. Like there's wasn't there. They didn't take it mm-hmm. um, because they were playing like 
basically every other day. And right. it was an early game, basically. So they didn't take theirs, but Marquette took theirs for an hour. And every 10 minutes, they moved sides and did something different. All right, here we're doing, we're going to walk through their stuff. Oh, okay, come on this side. We're going to go through our inbounds. Okay, go on the other side. We're going through our zone sets. I'm like, what, 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 what? And it was like clockwork. It was very, very structured and energetic. And the kids were thriving in that yeah. space as well. And then um, I said to Lisa Byington, we were sitting there together. And I said to her, I said, gosh, she really reminds me of Kim barnes Rico yeah. from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I've forgotten that she was assistant coach with Kim barnes Rico at St. John's and Michigan but it was just like that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's it. She planted a seed and Megan Duffy and Marquette is a tough team. Well, and, that, and, team. and what you're saying really showed up because when yes. uh, you know, I was watching, I'm, I'd like to watch Jay-Z Funch shooting because <laughs> who, who wouldn't? It's just beautiful. So um, <laughs> but like, you know, they, they really snuffed out a lot of the, um, you know, plays that you kind of like run for AZ yes. Fudge and they forced yeah. her to drive and beat that and beat them off the bounce rather than getting these set shots. And they, right. they threw a lot of different looks there. <laughs> Unfortunately for Marquette, AZ Fudd figured it out. She was a, she was a she tremendous did. basketball player. Kudos she to her. And she was able to use, you know, it wasn't just her shooting in this game. It was a lot of getting into people's bodies and, and using her teammates as well. She had a few assists. So, um, you know, I, but I think Marquette, they really showed off that discipline. And right now, uh, according to ESPN's Charlie Cream, uh, they are the third team on the first four out. So they'll okay. need they'll need some good performances down the stretch. Uh, mm-hmm. if they can if they can sneak a win in against uh, against UConn in the tournament, that would uh, that's probably gonna put you in the tour- in the in the big tournament. And then they also play UConn at UConn on the 23rd of February. So just in a couple of weeks. So they'll have another chance here mm-hmm. to show um, the committee that they belong in the tournament, but I I'm, I'm with you. They looked really, really, really impressive, sharp. really sharp, really disciplined, uh, especially mm-hmm. against, against a team that you need to be really sharp and disciplined against. Um, speaking right. of a team who is sharp and disciplined and someone that I've been paying attention to all season, because I wrote a story about them the first week, uh, the Virginia tech Hokies snag fourth place mm-hmm. in the ACC. They had two straight ranked wins for the first time since like 2015 this yeah. week, they beat number 11, Georgia Tech, by 10, beat number 23, UNC, 66-61. They're looking awesome. Yeah. I wrote it, wrote about them early in the year because I think they have the, just a really great mix of players, a, a, right. a mix of players that really makes sense around each other. Elizabeth Kitley in the middle, Asia Shepard as the guard, the player that I did not see coming was Georgia Amore who has okay. upped her game from the first game this season to now, mm-hmm. I think more than pretty much any player in the country. She's been incredible lately, her shooting, yeah. her driving, her kicking, she's bringing the energy and she's gone from this player who, you know, I kind of saw as like the energy piece and the person who brought energy to the player who's bringing the buckets, who's bringing right. the offense for this team. So they're looking, you know, like a low key team to watch out for here in February, heading into March. Yeah, no doubt. And you're talking about Kenny Brooks here. Like, let's not forget. Let's not forget about Kenny Brooks and and what he was able to do at JMU for several seasons. And I I just think that he has, he's waited for this moment for this team to be able to knock off these ranked teams. And they had some wins early in the season as well. 
and they were right outside the top 25. So I think this may get them in to the top 25 next week. Um, were they not they in the top 25 right now? I think they were receiving votes. I, I could be wrong, but I think they were in the next five. Am I right? Uh, I'll, I'll look now, but if that's... I, 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 I believe that. that's the case. They they were in the low... Like no, yeah, now, 20, now they're at 25? 23. They're at 23 They're now, at 23. Okay. They moved this on. week, though. This, this week, week. This week. This okay. Week. Because last week, I know they were in that five at the end. Yes. But this week, okay, good. Because that's where they belong. I think that, you know, the way that they play, not just offensively, like you said, they have that balance, but I think their defense mm-hmm. is something that, you know, needs to be talked about a little bit more with, with Virginia Tech and what they were able to do to a team like North Carolina it likes to get up and down and push it. They took them out of their game. And to have two ranked wins back to back, I think that's a dose of confidence that you can't manufacture verbally to your team. For like, sure. no, you did, you did that, right? You listened, you followed the game plan, you executed. That's on you guys. You know, as a coach, I always say, I only take credit for the losses. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The players that when we win games, that's on the kids because you, you executed, you listened, followed directions. And then sometimes, you know, in those losses, it's like, okay, those things didn't happen. So maybe I needed to come up with something else mm-hmm. as a coach. So that's my theory and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> other people may have, you know, other reasoning, but I, I you know, and I, it's not like I would ever take credit for a win anyway in a team <laughs> sport, but, you know, if there's a loss, uh, you know, I'm, I'm falling on the sword because that's, that's what you're supposed to do. That's, that's, you know, that's on me. If we can't win, I need to find a way to mm-hmm. help the team win. When the team wins, it's because they are doing what they are capable of doing and they sustain it throughout the game. And I'll tell anybody that from the top of the roof. And, and you know, <laughs> that's just how I feel. No, I, I, I love Kenny Brooks, man. He's been, uh, he just true. has a really like cool vibe. Like mm-hmm. seems like a guy you want to hang out with. Yeah, uh, I think that, I think that team has that vibe too. It's just like, we kind of know what we're doing. You know, we're, we're, right. cool. we're having fun with each other. They're setting yeah. school records. Asia Shepard uh, is now the yeah. all-time leader in threes for the ACC. Well-deserved mm-hmm. honor for a kid from Alexandria, um, and someone who I think should be a a, a second round, early second round draft pick in yeah. the WNBA. I haven't quite gotten that far, but for now, for Virginia Tech, the big rub of it is that they're in sole possession of third place in the ACC. Uh, mm-hmm. They're looking for a double buy into that conference tournament because <laughs> the conference is tough. Like he. The middle of the conference is good. You get to Boston College, Miami, Florida State. Miami picking it back up, baby. Got that one over Florida State. Um, right. <laughs> that, that's not teams you really want to play, especially if you get into the second round, you're playing against UNCs and then our dance. So they want to get out to that that top four seed, get the double bye, and see what they can do in the tournament because I think they are a dangerous team. Um, and it does really revolve around Kitley. You know, I think we dance around. Yeah. Kitley, Kitley's a superstar. Um, she is. I think she's. I, she has an argument to be the best big in this conference. I know Lisa Kunane's around. I know Lorelai, Lorella Kabai is around too. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really, really enjoy watching Kitley and her growth this year. And the mm-hmm. team's on the upswing. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, this is NC State's and Louisville's conference. And I'd be really surprised if, if, it, if that's not the championship game here. But Virginia Tech's a, a team yeah. to watch out for. Man, how about NC State? My goodness, man. Yeah. Westmore has them rolling. They are playing so incredibly well right now. 
No, the, Number three in the country. All those top teams, all the top teams are just mowing people down. I think the stat that I saw in the bracketology is like they're 27 and one since January 21st. Wow. Which like, guys, uh, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a clip there. That's you're, a special, you're on quite a click. That's a special team. Yeah. The, so there's special teams at the top. Oh, and we get, we get NC state at Virginia tech on February 27th. Market, market down. down. Mark it down. All right. So uh, that's everything I have. Non Big Ten uh, division of stuff. Are we good? You want to dive into the Big Ten? Absolutely. Oh, boy. There's so much to talk about in the Big Ten. It's it's your conference. And uh, it kind of went crazy over the last few days. I had to read you like my whole sheet because of last night, (laughs) because Nebraska They didn't blow out Indiana, but they comfortably won against Indiana. Uh, And Indiana is struggling without Mackenzie Holmes. Michigan, two losses to unranked teams in Michigan State and Northwestern. Two really good unranked teams. Two ranked teams, nonetheless, they're missing Leah Brown. You look at Iowa, they are missing McKenna Warnock, and they got beat pretty handily against Maryland. And now the team that was so injured to start the year, and struggled so much. And the last time we really delved into Maryland, uh, we kind of got into them a little bit, talking about how their mentality had to change. Well, I think it's a little, I think it's safe to say that their mentality changed uh, because they have their, what? They basically control their own destiny here heading into the end of the year. They finished the season with Ohio State, Indiana, Michigan. If they win all three of those games, they're guaranteed at least a share of the Big Ten title. Right. So Christy, like what is your reaction to the complete shuffle we had in this conference this week? Oh man. I mean, if you thought things were solidifying in terms of seedings, like you were wrong. So I'm speaking to myself. (laughs) I, I did not see this upheaval coming, but you also have to, like you said, factor in the injuries Mm -hmm. uh, to key players. It's not like, you know, just somebody on the roster. No, you're talking about, 20 point players for their respective teams. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Holmes uh, presence in the paint, not just offensively, but defensively as well as on the glass. For sure. And then you're talking about Leah Brown, a 20 point player for Michigan. So where are you going to get all that extra offense? If you're those two teams and you're playing in the big 10 that has staunch defensive teams, like the Northwestern with their blizzard defense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just have to do your best and, really fight for really fight for what your standards are Mm -hmm. and you could be missing key pieces but that shouldn't change your standards that shouldn't change your expectations of other players in the role except for everyone has to pick it up (laughs) I mean this is what you bring but we need just a little bit more collectively to make up for the two huge pieces uh, that both of those teams are missing and it's just a tough time for that to happen Hopefully um, they'll both be back. I think Mackenzie Holmes may have a bigger recovery time than Leah Brown. I so think Leah Brown's was an ankle, correct? Yeah. Uh, Brown has been up and down. Like uh, I heard, you know, her, her and Warnock have been up and down. I've heard. Uh, Warnock, Warnock. Yeah. I think uh, I was hoping to have her back against Maryland last night. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brown was kind of on track to come back and then that didn't happen. So it looks like those two will be back 
soon-ish here. Sure. Holmes yeah. is the one that had the injury that I think a lot of people thought was going to be season-ending. And right. then they said, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, hey. She may, she, we're, we're thinking she's going to come back tournament time. So we'll see. We'll see um, about about those about those three teams, the injuries. But, I mean, I think we got to start with Maryland because they did, I, I didn't mention it. They didn't have Ashley Wusu last night. Right. Against Caitlin Clark and this, right. you know, vaunted Iowa offense. And they still looked amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you got to give uh, a lot of credit to that Maryland defense, even though they, they gave up uh, plenty of points. I don't even remember what was the final. Oh, they gave up 69. Right. So they held, they held Iowa under 70. Um, but man, I want to shout out our, my girl. Um, one of the only players that follows me on Twitter. And if you want to want me to say nice things about you, <laughs> players follow me on twitter <laughs> my girl katie benson katie she was all over caitlin clark and that is not a player that if you saw her on the street you'd be like she can guard caitlin clark she diamond miller had the had the main responsibility yeah. on her but in mm-hmm. the second half things kind of changed and they they you know caitlin started hunting that mismatch of katie benson and it was not a mismatch katie stayed right. with her challenged the shots took charges and she hit a big three at the end of the game, despite her shooting, well, well relative shooting woes for her because she's such a great shooter. This right. year, um, I thought she did great. And this this Maryland team coming together now, I mean, we talk, we've talked about it. They're one of the yeah. most talented teams in the country. I don't see right. why they shouldn't be in that contender ca- uh, conversation at the moment. No doubt. I mean, in the fourth quarter, Caitlin Clark didn't score until the last couple mm-hmm. of minutes of regulation and Katie Benson, there was this play at the very end. It was like three minutes left or something. And Clark was driving to her left, kind of coming off the elbow right there and, mm-hmm. and coming off a screen. Benson stayed, she stayed connected to her, yep. but the replay was in slow-mo and Benson had her tongue going right to left. <laughs> like, she was digging in. So like she was playing so hard. And, uh, you know, that was that was a fierce matchup for sure for her, um, giving up a lot of inches there in terms of the matchup with Clark. But she just she was fighting through that. You know, she's like, I may be shorter in stature, but not from the interior. Like, I'm going to bring you this heart. And and Caitlin Clark, I mean, she was held under her average. I believe she had 19. But she was, she, she had, I know 19 is like pedestrian for uh, Caitlin Clark for scoring, but you know, uh, you had to credit Maryland's defense uh, on her and how they mixed it up, gave her different looks and, you know, the challenge that that presented, but I mean, she was held scoreless in that fourth quarter for most of that fourth quarter when they needed a bump up and then uh, Monica Sonano fouled out, Yep. you know, so then there's another piece of offense that that's missing for you. So and that was at Iowa. So I really think that it speaks volumes to what McKenna Warnock means for Iowa. Mm-hmm. And you may not hear her name as much as you hear the law firm of Clark yeah. and Sonano, but she's the glue player. And Lisa Bluter, the head coach at Iowa, will be the first to tell you. Like she does all the little things. She she's the one getting the, the rebounds out of the mud. Like she's the yeah. one diving on the floor. And not that the other players don't do that, but she brings a different element. And another player who does that, and they need that kind of energy on the floor. So clearly missing her um, in these last stretch of games here that they've lost uh, close ones. And no, and Warnock's a great shooter too. The spacing was Cheers. was Cheers. was really off for Iowa, and has been without her. And I think that um you know that makes Caitlin Clark a less a less efficient player when when Warnock's right. out there. So l- let's hope she gets That's back. True. And 
we gotta mention you know the star of the night angel reese uh oh, i what was her i don't even remember her final line i'll look it up right now but well, she, I know she had she had 18 in the first half i know that <laughs> she had 18 in the first. she so ended they- up with 25 points 13 rebounds two assists two steals two blocks and it wouldn't be a diamond miller i mean it wouldn't be an angel reese game without five turnovers but that doesn't matter when she's doing all the other things and this is the player that like you know we we kind of got on her a little bit the last time we talked about maryland because she she can be you were waiting for her to be this type of player like you can be sort of wild at times when you're doing all the other things in control and she was i mean you know so she takes some crazy layups but she also is putting people into the basket and she, right. she can drive from the outside and she has so much talent and she's yep. a player who's really putting it together. And I think has even like sky's the limit potential for her. She's going to get much better as in yep. her time uh, under Brenda freeze at Maryland. So I, this was not a coming out party because we've seen stuff like this from Andrew Reese, but I think this was a, a statement, a statement game for her. But what do you, what do you see from her? Uh, I saw her passion once again shining oh, yeah. through. I, you know, there was a play at the end where the ball bounced off. I think she was the one that was in that play. It, it was with Caitlin Clark on the sideline there. And she has these long go-go gadget arms and kind of mm-hmm. got to the ball, got a piece of it, and then it bounced off Clark's leg. Yeah. And she was like roaring up the floor. And it was like one of those moments where it's just like, total momentum changed mm-hmm. you know just because of that one play and maryland had the lead but there there there's a difference in having the yeah. lead and having momentum okay yeah. and i think that in, that play in particular changed the momentum for for maryland uh, to close out on the road and i think there were a lot judging from the the twitter conversations about the game last night um there were a lot of maryland fans who were concerned all game until the buzzer went off and mm-hmm. and as you should be at Iowa and, and playing in a sure. game like that. So, I mean, McKenna Warnock didn't play, neither did Ashley Awusu. So they kind of cancel each other out. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it was it was left to next player up. We got to give Ashley Awusu a little bit more credit. I, lo- I love McKenna Warnock. She's I a, hear you. She's a good player. <laughs> Shane Ashley Awusu. Shane Ashley. I love when you put your hand up like, wait a minute. <laughs> I love Ash. Hey, McKenna, shouts to McKenna Warnock. We hope you're healthy. Shout out. You're going to make a huge difference for Iowa. She ain't, she ain't Ashley Wusu. Understood. Um, Understood. She, I don't know when Ashley Wusu is coming back, though. She has an ankle. Um, you know, tough. I think it's tough to deal with. I don't know. I haven't seen um, any sort of updates on her as to how long um that's gonna last so i I really hope she she can come back soon and start reintegrating with this team so they can make a run here i mean i think these last three games are going to tell us i mean everything we're going to need to know about michigan ohio state and maryland uh i mean i mean michigan ohio state iowa indiana and maryland (laughs) absolutely yeah i mean i'm i'm gonna show my age right here a little bit and i'm just gonna say hey man when i had a bad ankle <laughs> yeah. and this is no shade and this is not Ashley Wusu like you know um, shading hour here uh but I played the very next day and I'm not trying to have a, a gold sticker on my forehead because yeah. of it but I mean times have changed and I appreciate that and now my ankle is bad 
to this day because I did that. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, that thing was blown up my whole foot and like lower leg was purple and green. And, you know, you put the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, mole skin, like directly to the skin. It was like a cast. You don't even know about it. People listening, y'all know I'm talking about the pink (laughs) stuff. It was like like fuzzy and it it wrapped around. Listen, that took skin off and that's a whole nother story. But anyway, I, I think I missed one practice because I rolled it at the beginning of a practice and played the rest of the way. And I was a senior. And uh, I remember I went to the trainer afterwards. I was like, yeah, I rolled my ankle. And then she looked at it. She was like, oh my God, when did you do that? And I was like, at the beginning. And she was like, why didn't you come down when you did it? And I said, because I'm a senior. (laughs) And she was like, you're a stubborn senior. And I was like, yeah, but okay, what do I do with it? It's like, (laughs) it's it's horrible. Help me. Um, Yeah. So that was, that was bad news, but I don't know. It's, it's smart to treat it and take your time getting back. Um, But I will say that you know, back in the day, you just slap some tussing on it and keep it pushing. <laughs> That's it. I'm Put glad, I'm glad we've evolved. I'm glad. We've I, evolved. I guess so. I Although mean, I heard, you know, I, I heard so. this. This is an aside. <laughs> I heard someone say like you're not supposed to put ice on things now. I saw someone. I, can someone like ver? I don't know. I'm not a physical therapist. If you're a physical therapist or like a, co- I don't know, whatever people who deal with this are, um, like tell me if ice is good. I don't know what I I, th- I heard ice like the laser yeah. recovery. I have heard, you know, there there's some acupuncture things uh-huh. and you if you get the acupuncture, you're not supposed to ice before you get the acupuncture because the acupuncture takes the swelling out oh. faster than the ice does. So you shouldn't if you're doing it that way. And I, you know, because I have teenagers now who have had ankle situations and yeah. that has been the advice to them uh, regarding that, but I mean, you know, I'm not a doctor but I just you ever uh, do acupuncture I've never done that I have not I should because of me not treating it back <laughs> in the day I should do it now um but no I digress I yeah I haven't tried it but my children have tried it and it has been good for them to take some of the stress off the joint if they have ankle issues so they're young yeah. though I feel they're like young. the things that work for the young Tessa. don't work for us the olds um, yeah older older not, older it's not we're not stamping old yet so. <laughs> not, not quite not older quite than yet. teenagers <laughs> check, check with us on a courtside episode number 200 we're on 65 yeah. now we'll see how old we are by then <laughs> oh. um also i do want to shout out michigan state um nia clouden man ooh, ooh, i dug into her tape mm. yeah legit she, she's all right i'll say one thing and i don't know how true this is because i haven't watched okay. a lot of her bad games uh, I think she's the best guard in the draft. I think she's the best guard in the draft. Nice. So Mystics. Mystics have the number one pick. <laughs> I don't think I they're just... going. I don't think they're going. Uh, I think I would, I'd still take Ryan Howard or or Nalissa Smith over her. But okay. I think she's the best I guard do. in the draft. Like maybe yeah. maybe number four, five, six okay. range. Okay. I don't want to get into too predictive stuff, but I do. I do want to shout out Michigan State um, and Northwestern. They have six losses in the conference, although I think. Michigan State may have one more. I think mm-hmm. both those teams are kind of still in the bubble. Not uh, according to bracketology on ESPN, they're not. But okay, in my mind, they are because I, I think you know if you're finish, you know, in the middle of the of the Big Ten, uh, you have a good chance of making the tournament. Uh, in my opinion, and I think Northwestern, yeah, Northwestern's on the next four out. Uh, Nebraska's mm-hmm. obviously in, especially with this win uh, against Indiana. I think they're in, no doubt. Um, 
to, they're, they're all kind of stuck there close to each other. Nebraska's on top of them just because of, of the quality of their wins. And because Nebraska's just really, really good, complete team uh, when they're rolling, I think they can, they can beat pretty much anyone. And I think Northwestern, you know, they're, they're talented, but what they really do is the discipline, the blizzard defense, as you mentioned. Yeah. And I think Michigan state, um, they need, they're going to need more than, than just Cloudon, but she's good enough to take you places. So I think all three of those teams are sliding under the radar. I do want to say the six teams that are currently in the bracket are Indiana as a three seed as of this morning, Michigan as a two seed, Maryland mm-hmm. as a four seed, Iowa as a six seed, Nebraska as a seven seed, Ohio State as a six seed. Actually, you did I, one team we didn't talk about enough, Ohio State. You did their game against Illinois. They, yes. They killed Illinois. And, you know, Illinois have a, have a nice offseason. Um, what did you Tough. think of uh, the Buckeyes? Tough. Tough. <laughs> In another way, listen – their defense has become their MO and I love it. I think that was one of the questions to Kevin McGuff post game yesterday. They run this two, two, one full court pressure when they score and they mm-hmm. score a lot. Right. At the beginning of the game it was a little disjointed. They couldn't get into their press because they were missing shots and they were kind of one and done with it. And, you know, then they just have to fall back into quarter court defense, but when they can apply their full court pressure with Mike sell up top with uh, JC Sheldon up top, I mean, they can wreak havoc. And Beecham, I mean, her game has just evolved over the season. But I just think her energy, when they're pressing like that, at the back of that press, she's rebounding, she's rotating, she's aggressive. And I just think that, you know, it makes a world of difference when you have players that are in sync and on a rope defensively. And that's what Ohio State looks like. And that makes it tough for Mm -hmm. any opponent, right? And they play Maryland on Thursday. So that's going to be a really great test um, for Ohio State against a team like Maryland, who who likes again to push tempo and and try to you know score quickly and get to the offensive boards with Angel Reese leading the country with five O boards per game. So it's it's going to be very interesting uh, what that game looks like and and if the length of Maryland on the perimeter in particular disrupts Ohio State defensively on yeah. their own, just like they did with Iowa. I thought that was, you know, like you said, with Diamond Miller on, on Clark to start the game. So I think it's going to be really interesting uh, for Ohio State to see if they can continue to sustain what they've done defensively. But I think if you have that as your MO rather than your offense being your MO, mm-hmm. you control the game a little bit better because you can always bring the effort on that side. Shot's not always going to fall, right? right? So I think the way that Kevin McGuff has structured this team in the absence of Madison Green, who uh, tore ACL earlier in the season, um, I think it's been remarkable. I think it's yeah. been really remarkable um, to see them sustain it. Like, this is what we want to do. But they've not only just done it one time, they've sustained it over the course of, of this conference portion of the season in particular. And, and that, to me, has been very impressive. Yeah, the game's on uh, 8 p.m. on Thursday. In yeah. Do you have that game? You do know? I do. Oh, all right. Christy on the call. Um, I will be, be <laughs> I will be in Miami for my sister's wedding. Hooray. Oh. Leaving tomorrow. Be lovely. Oh. Congratulations. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it'll be really fun. I just now I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, man, 
I wish I could go to that game. It's fine. We get <laughs> oh. we get Indiana here on the 25th. I'll put in I'll put in my credential request now. That's right. Next Friday. Next Friday. Next That'll Friday. Be a good one. Also, and maybe Holmes back. Maybe. 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 Well, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I probably won't put her in in the last regular season game. Just because, right? If she comes in, and she gets her in the last regular season game. We're gonna feel like an idiot. Tournament. Yeah. And bring her back to tournament time. They also have. Uh, they play Iowa on uh, Indiana does on Saturday. Gonna be awesome. And then on Sunday. Uh, who else do we got on Sunday? Oh, we have UConn. We have UConn Georgetown in Hartford. We do. And we I'm supposed to be in the studio for that. Oh yeah. In New York. Exciting. So right now, but there, there's a lot of moving parts. So hopefully that still works out, but there's a lot of moving parts. That and then also on Sunday, we have Maryland, Michigan. So going to be yeah. a crazy week of basketball as usual. I mean, it's just every week now, everything matters so much more. The stakes are higher. Um, oh, also I should mention because I'm going to be at my sister's wedding. There will be no Her Hoop Stats podcast this week. Oh, my God. We forgot to tell people to follow us on social media at the beginning. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Talk my gosh. Them. Tell them. Oh, oh tell follow them. us at Her Hoop Stats. Her Hoop Stats at Subsize.com. You can find the best women's basketball analysis in the world. Oh, I can't believe we forgot to tell you people this at the beginning of the podcast. Our, our, you can our, cut and paste it. Cut our, Twitter, paste it. our Twitter names have popped up already. They're not even down there. I know We're pointing at nothing. We're looking at nothing. Oh. Well, oh, whatever. That's okay. I can, put, I, can put them in I can put them in there. I can put them in Y'all know where to find us, honey. You know yeah. where we are. Yeah, you guys know where to find us. And uh, if you're <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, we hope uh, you're having a, a lovely day with us here in our in our pink. Um, yeah. Lower, it's two different shades okay. of pink. I never had like I got this from uh, Stitch Fix. It's not something I ever buy, but I really oh. like this this pale. I think pink. I got this at Target. I got it at Target. That's right. I like that. Be kind. You know, I like to when I travel. I like to wear. You know, I have a shirt that says grateful. And then be kind, you know, just reminders for people. And people say stuff like, I like that or grateful. Like, I know exactly what you mean by that. And I'm like, you do? I was like, good. You can, you can have a nice day. I, I love it. I get I some sarcastic ones like tire shoe. <laughs> You're walking too slow. You have something in your teeth. That, like, those yeah. are the shirts. Honestly, I might get a shirt. You would wear that. I'm going to wear that. You have something in your teeth. And now it doesn't matter if you have something in your teeth. You're thinking about having something in your teeth all day long. That's a, that's a, that's my final thought of the day, Christy, unless we have anything else to talk about. No, man. I love it. Hey, it's always a blast, my friend, you know, and I know you're going to have so much fun at your sister's wedding, but I know you will be side-eyeing the score of the Maryland Ohio State game I might when have, you cut the quarter, like, Hey everybody. And then like, take a peek and that's fine. You have permission. So the wedding's that. on Friday night. Um, oh, okay. So you're good. So Thursday. But Thursday we have like, the welcome party so maybe maybe i can oh. sneak it on a screen somewhere i don't yeah. even know where, i'm not even sure where the welcome party yeah. is i'll have maybe i'll have like a, a little covert <laughs> uh, airpod i need we need skin color airpods has you anyone thought of this? covert airpod <laughs> has anyone thought of this like a skin color airpod one that's camouflaged such that no one can see it? that's <laughs> i don't know i don't understand technology if someone could do that or if that's been invented please let me know because i'd wear it like a band-aid, like the band-aid. Like the band-aids, exactly. I like it. You know, you you like it, I love it. They need to do that. I'm off the rails, I'm off the rails. Let's, you let's said a, a covert, you said a covert AirPod. On that note, <laughs> that, that took me, so I love it. But you're gonna have a blast. We're gonna have a blast this week too with uh, the rest of the games this week and this weekend coming up. We're gonna recap it all for you next time, right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We don't have to go home, Gabe, but we got to get up out of here. 
They're cutting the lights out on us right here on Courtside with Christy and Gabe. We're going to see you next time. I am Christy Winter Scott for Gabe Ibrahim. Thanks for joining us.